Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Podcast. Today, we continue our series entitled The Fresh Start Initiative. In this sermon series, we will learn that we all can have a fresh start in Jesus Christ. With today's sermon entitled People Who Inspire Us, here is Lead Pastor Rex Johnson. I'm on it. I'm going to continue this series. I'm going to continue this series today uh, of uh, Fresh Start Initiative, and I'm going to talk today on people who inspire us. I'm going to talk about people. How's that? How's that with Fresh Start, Pastor? Well, you'll have to wait around and see. I'm going to talk about people who inspire us. Anybody ever been an inspiration to you? You could say, "Man, that guy, that girl, that lady, that man, boy, they inspire me." You know, there's something awesome to be said about people that have excellence. The Bible said we need to excel, though we may edify the body of Christ. And I, I think that there's some people that just have a spirit of excellence in them. It's the spirit of excellence in them. Daniel had that spirit. He really did. And Daniel 6 said, this is, this, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him. I love people that have excellent spirits. Do you know people like that? I know people like that that have excellent spirits. And then there's another word that we love to use, and that's the word triumphant. Triumphant people. Triumphant people are not winners. They live in the winner's circle. They just, they just live on winning. They're about winning. Their life is about winning. Every time you see them, they're up. Every time you see them, they're always encouraging somebody. Every time you see them, they're always in this same plane of, man, life is good and God's good. So I call them the ETs of life, not extraterrestrial. They're not extraterrestrial, but sometimes it seems like when you're around those people and you don't have those spirits, it's like, man, you're from another world. Where are you from? They're my excellent, triumphant people, and I call them the ETs of life. That's what I call them. Now, there is a scripture found in, 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 in the book of, uh, of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that talks about that there are faith and hope and charity, and the greatest of these is charity, which is love. But, but we always look at this thing called faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. And the Bible said charity is the greatest of all these things. Love is best. But there's a little fulcrum word in between faith and charity called hope. And without hope we are of all men most miserable. Hope is what makes faith happen and hope is what makes us continue to love people. Amen? So there's a little word in there. Now, between excellence and triumphant, there's a little word that I'm going to preach about today, right in the middle of it. It's a word called overcomer. When you're an excellent person, you have overcome some things. When you're a triumphant person, you've overcome some things. I want to talk about people who inspire us. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 said, Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Say, we're going to triumph. Paul wrote that to a church that had more problems than you can, you can throw a stick at. I promise you, that church had problems. But he said, this church is going to triumph in Christ. This church does not have those kind of problems, but we have people that need to learn how to triumph in Jesus Christ. And one of those ways is to live in the fulcrum of life called the word overcomer. Say, I want to be an overcomer. People who inspire us. God bless you. Shake somebody's hand. You may be seated. You're awesome people. I'm going to preach the gospel to you today just a little while. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and he praised those people for their patience and complete faith in God. Patience and complete faith. 
in spite of all the crushing trouble and the hardships that they were going through, he thanked God for them and prayed this prayer, that God would make them the kind of people God yearned for them to be, that God would make them. Interesting, he did not pray that people there would be delivered from trouble, but that these troubling experiences would mold the members of this church into the kind of people God meant for them to be. Now that's significant to me because people who overcome hardships always inspire us. They always do. Hardships serve as a reminder of our need for God. I don't want you to raise your hand, but is anybody going through a hardship right now? Sure you are. You say, dear God, Pastor, the New Year's just 17 days old and I'm already, I've already hit a wall. Yes, you're going to hit walls. Have you ever noticed that sometimes life can be a little hard? Coming home from his little league game one day, a little boy swung open the door and came in very excited. Unable to attend the game, his father immediately wanted to know what happened. He said, so how did, how did you do, son? He asked. He said, you'll never believe it, Dad. He said, I was responsible for the win and run today. Really? His father said, how'd you do that? He said, I dropped the fly ball. <laughs> Life can be a little hard sometimes. One day a movie actress named Michelle Pfeiffer, any of you guys ever seen her? Oh, you're just, you're being so chicken today. <laughs> she used to be one of my favorites. We went to the different schools together. She was in a parking lot of, a movie, of her movie studio unable to open the door of a car with her key. So in frustration, she took off her shoe and began beating the window with her shoe. She stopped when a studio executive walked up and demanded to know why she was hitting his car. <laughs> and the embarrassed actress suddenly realized that she had confused his car with hers, which was the same make, same model, and same color. And after stammering some apologies, Michelle autographed her shoe and gave it to the executive and then stumbled off to find her car. Life can be a little hard sometimes. In order for excellence, everybody say excellence, to reach triumphant, there has to be an overcoming. We have to come through some things in our life. One of the people that I admire is a man named Larry Bird. He was a basketball superstar. He was the third of six children. There you see him as Larry Legend. Let me tell you a story. He was the third of six kids, five boys and one girl. His father was chronically unemployed. He was an alcoholic, and he took his own life when Larry was in high school. He committed suicide and left six kids with a mother. Larry's mother was a strong, proud woman, though, he, she held her family together, working three jobs. And the family was close-knit, devoted to one another. One of the children was ridiculed for wearing shabby clothes, which they wore a lot because they were very poor people. The others would leap on his or her defense. And as early as junior high, Larry's love of basketball was very obvious. He'd stay for hours after a game, practicing over and over the shots he had missed during the contest. Unfortunately, his passion under pressure created a temper that he could not control. This led to a series of angry outbursts on the basketball court in his eighth grade year, eighth grade. And one day, the coach walked up to Larry and said, you've gone too far, Larry, and you can no longer be a part of this team. 
He was devastated, kicked off the eighth grade squad for anger issues. Basketball meant everything to him. However, this put something in him that made him reevaluate his attitude, and he refocused his energies on new goals and made the team again, becoming the star in Spring Valley High School, French Lick, Indiana, population 2,000. His next big challenge was going off to college, and he received a scholarship offer from Indiana University. Yes, it was a source of great pride for the little town of French Lick to have one of their boys going to a, t- a team where Bobby Knight was coach, the local hero. But Larry felt out of place at Indiana. See, French Lick had a population of 2,000, and Indiana University had a population of 30,000 students. And there was also a bully who was a senior there on that team named Kent Benson that always picked on Larry and tried to whip him every day. After just a month, Larry became so homesick that he left school. He quit the University of Indiana. And basketball Larry Bird went to work as a garbage collector and a gas station attendant pumping gas in French Lick. But a year later, he enrolled in Indiana State, and the rest is history, they say. Larry led Indiana State to the NCAA Finals in 1979 against the Michigan State team, captained by Magic Johnson. And Larry went on to join the Boston Celtics and become the NBA and Olympic basketball champion. He was was voted MVP about three times, coached the Indiana Pacers, and now is the general manager of a National Basketball Association team. See, we see spectacular success in life and we think that it was handed to people on a silver platter. And we do not know how much some of our heroes have overcome because life can be a little hard sometimes. We love triumphant stories. We love excellence. But the fulcrum between excellence and triumphant is a word called overcome. Some of you may know the name Kathy Tricoli. Kathy is a star in the world of contemporary Christian music, and she does a lot of ladies' ministry stuff now. She's in her 50s. She had a tough time in her life. I love the phrase, tough times don't last, but tough people do. I love that phrase. Kathy Tricoli, in her early years, manifested a stress, and it caused her to have bulimia. She purged herself daily. A father died when she was a teenager of a heart attack. 1971, her mother was diagnosed with cancer. The loss of her father was unrecoverable grief. She went to the hospital chapel the day he died and raged at God. And after she'd poured out all her anger, Kathy heard God speak to her and say, Am I not still God? And she heard him. That was her turning point, she says. And she said, I remember just weeping because I couldn't throw away what I had known Jesus to be. Can I tell you something? I love to preach and to pastor people who are overcomers. If you're going to have a successful 2016, if you're going to be excellent, if you're going to live in triumphant living, there's a word in the middle that says you've got to be an overcomer. You cannot let things get on top of you. You must stand on top of things that want to cover you up. Clap your hands and rejoice to that right now. On a flight to Tokyo years ago, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale got a chance to talk to the plane's pilot. Evidently, the plane was on auto, and he came back to talk to Dr. Peale. They were passing through an area that was notorious for bad weather, and Dr. Peale asked the pilot what he did when he encountered a typhoon in that area. And the pilot replied that a typhoon could either hurt you or help you, 
depending on how you approach it. He said, if you fly into certain parts of a typhoon, the strong winds will destroy the plane. Well, watch this. But he said, if you figure out the direction of the wind, then stay right on the outer edge of the storm. It can speed you along safely to your destination. In fact, he said, a skillful pilot will get to his destination ahead of time if he knows how to ride a typhoon just right. Did you hear that? A skillful pilot can arrive early at his destination if he knows how to pilot his plane through a typhoon just right. Then the pilot remarked, the idea is to turn a typhoon into a tailwind. Oh, I wish somebody let me throw down and preach a little bit right now. What a great phrase. That's the secret of a successful life. It's turning a typhoon into a tailwind. So many people confuse the purpose of hardships. They whine, they complain when life becomes difficult. Say amen. It's on the wheel of adversity, folks, that we hone the skills that produce champions in our world. It's on the crucible of the life's challenges that we are transformed into souls worthy of Almighty God. A wonderful missionary was in Africa several years ago, and he watched these native people in Africa. They would come to a river, a raging river, a river that flowed ragingly fast. And there was no bridges in those countries at that time. But he noticed what they did. Every, every person, every civilian that came to those raging, raging waters of that river would all do the same thing. They'd stoop down and pick up the heaviest rock that they could carry. It would almost break their back and they'd hold on to that rock and they would get to the water and when they would step in the water, the weight of the rock would hold their feet firm to the bottom of the river. And the slippery rocks and the slipperiness underneath would not wash them away in the tide because carrying a burden through the tide caused them to get a grip on the real thing and make it to the other side. You hear me? Life can be hard sometimes, but you gotta stoop down and get a grip and say, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go forward. I'm gonna live this thing. I'm gonna get to the other side of where I'm headed. That's what life's about. It's what life's about. Paul said, what can separate me from the love of God? What can? Come on, what can separate you? And he names all this stuff. You know, the only thing he didn't mention was the past because he knew the past was washed in the blood of the lamb. He talked about all things present, things to come, and angels and demons and heights or depths or principalities or powers, but he never mentioned yesterday because he said you're going to run into some things on your way to being a triumphant child of God, but you're excellent now, but you've got to have an overcoming spirit. In 2016, we need people that will put their foot in the river and say you're not going to wash me away. I'm going to make it to the other side of life, and I'm going to be triumphant in my living for God. Clap your hands and rejoice in that right now. Or as Jim Rome would say, don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. It's a cliche, but it's true. Life can make you bitter. Life can make you better. The choice is ours. And we need to know this. I'm going to put a sign on the board. Something, here's what I want you to understand. There is no future in bitterness. 
Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching now. There is no future in bitterness. Pastor, you don't know my hardships. I said there is no future in bitterness. You don't know what I'm going through. There's no future in bitterness. You don't know how I've been hurt by my family. There's no future in bitterness. You don't know how that people have not forgiven me for my past. There's no future in bitterness. You cannot go forward in bitterness. The only way you're going to go forward is to get better instead of bitter. Somebody help me preach right now. You know I'm preaching the gospel. You can't hold on to that stuff. What's true in physical accomplishments and also true in spiritual life where there's no pain, there is no gain. Oh, how we love and admire overcomers. Hardships are necessary for emotional and spiritual maturity. Hardships remind us of our need for God. But I will tell you this, overcomers give us hope. Overcomers give us hope. When I see you go through and when you, you see people go through grievous events with their faith intact, your, their chin up and their determination indomitable, it helps people believe that they too, they too can be victorious in life. That's why we need heroes, folks. Heroes in the battlefield. Heroes in the workplace. And heroes of faith. So I've talked about a basketball player. I've talked about a Christian singer. And I've talked about a missionary. Can I honor Dr. Martin Luther King today? Somebody clap your hands and say amen for that. <laughs> Friday was his birthday. And if he had been alive, he'd been 87 years old. Friday, born in 1929. January the 15th. Tomorrow's his day, and my kids are so excited they don't have school tomorrow. That's why they love Dr. King. But I love a man that stood and preached, preached about death and preached about heaven without hearing echoes of gunshot. I went to see his movie several months ago, and I was moved, and I wept, and I cried when I walked out of there because I, too, am a preacher of the gospel. I, too, try to turn people's lives he battled a thing called civil rights and it was a peaceful kingdom that he tried to reign in and it was peaceful. I wish he was still alive today so peace would still be on this earth. He could still preach it today at 87 like he did when he was 39 and got killed. But I want to tell you something. Here's what he said. He said, the minute you conquer the fear of death, at that moment, you are free. Can I say something to you? Some of you may be going through cancer. By the way, Flo Ash has gone through cancer and she got a clean report the other day. She's cancer free. Is that awesome or what? Can somebody get excited about that? Oh, hallelujah. If you're battling cancer, don't you let death fear you. Don't you let death make you afraid. If you're battling situations that the doctor says it's over, don't you say it's over. It's not over till God says it's over. Don't you ever let it. Thank you, Dr. King. The minute you conquer the fear of death, that moment you are free. But I love what he said not long before he died. He said, I submit to you that if a man hasn't discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live anyhow. Would you clap your hands and rejoice to that? Thank you, Dr. King. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for preaching the gospel. Come on, clap your hands real big. We need preachers that'll still tell you that God's bigger than all your problems. Everybody say, I need an overcoming spirit. I saw this prayer and I wanted to share it. It goes something like this. Lord, you allow breakage so you can rebuild. 
You allow wounds so you can heal. You allow me to walk in darkness so I can see your light. You allow me to be perplexed so I can seek your truth. You allow me to be empty so you can fill me. You allow me to be lonely so I can see what a friend you are. You allow me to learn hard things so I can be a gentle teacher. You allow me to be void of feelings so I can learn to walk by faith. And you take away my future plans to teach me how to live one day at a time. You allow me to suffer pain so I may be sympathetic to the hurts of others. And you allow me to see the futility of life so I'll see everything is lost compared to the excellency of knowing Jesus Christ. It's a difficult time for some of you. I'm telling you, hang in there. Because the, the fulcrum between excellence and triumph to become an ET of life, an extraterrestrial, you got to be an overcomer. You must be an overcomer. There's no growth without hardship. Your life can still be an inspiration to others. Trust God. Lean on your friends. Believe on your church. And understand that in all things, God works to good for, the, for good to those that love him. She was near retirement. I come to a close. She was near retirement. and Some people thought her old and over the hill. But she had a fresh and memorable idea. She was a school teacher in Michigan. Many people thought school teachers made little or no difference in life compared to the powerful people in business and politics, but they were wrong. She told her students to write down as many I can'ts as they could think of, and she wrote her list to as the students wrote their list, and she said on her list, the teacher, I can't get John's mother to come into a teacher's conference. I can't get my daughter to put gas in the car. I can't get Alan to use words instead of his fist. Seemed like an exercise in negative, she said as she wrote. A little girl in the class wrote, I can't kick the soccer ball past second base, and I can't do long division with more than three numbers, and I can't get Debbie to like me. A little boy wrote, I can't do ten push-ups. I can't hit the ball over the left field fence, and I can't eat only one cookie. I have to eat four or five. <laughs> and all the students were introduced to fo instructed to fold their list and put them in a shoe box. And the teacher added her list to the box and put a lid on it, and she had her students follow her down the hallway. Stopping at the janitor's closet, she got a shovel and headed to the corner of the playground. She stopped, dug a little hole, then instructed the enthusiastic students to make the hole three feet deep. And when the hole was three feet deep, they put the box of I can'ts. They placed it carefully in the hole and covered it with dirt. And as the students joined hands and bowed their heads, she gave the eulogy. She said, friends, we gather today to honor the memory of I can't. While he was with us on earth, he touched the lives of everyone, some more than others. Unfortunately, his name has been spoken in every public building, schools, city halls, state capitals, and yes, even the White House. We have provided I can't with his final resting place and a headstone that contains his epitaph. He survived by his brothers and sisters. I can, I will, and I'm going to right away. They're not as known for, as their famous relative and are certainly not as strong and powerful, yet perhaps someday with your help, they will make an even bigger mark on the world. May I can't rest in peace and may everyone present pick up their life and move forward in his absence. Amen. The kids went back to the classroom where they celebrated the passing of I can't with cookies and popcorn and fruit juice. And the teacher made a tombstone from butcher paper and wrote I can't at the top and the date at the bottom. And she posted that tombstone on the bulletin board and thereafter pointed to it. Every time a student said I can't, she just said no. We buried him. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. 
I want to show you a picture. I want to show you a picture of something here right now. Would you put it up, the first picture? I want to show you a picture of one of my little heroes, people I admire. There he is, Xavier. Sandy Williams. Sandy Williams' grandson. Sandy's son was the Heisman Trophy winner, University of Texas. Her grandson is Xavier. There he is. I want you to notice it says, count it all joy. Show the next picture. Savior was born October 19, 2013. His gestational age is 26 weeks and 5 days. 2 pounds and 4 ounces was all he weighed. Next, next, next slide. He spent 82 days in the NICU. October, November, December. Oh, that December picture is cute, ain't it? All that stuff off of him. That's a cute kid. Next, next slide. He had tibial... Hemamelia. It is the missing or incomplete tibia of the shin bone. When it involves one leg, it's one in a million births. When it involves both legs, it's one in three million births. And in little Xavier's life, it was one in three million. Next, next slide, please. His first surgery was June 2014. He was less than a year old. He also had two hernias, one on either side, bilateral hernia repair. Then his next surgery, oh, there's his grandmama holding him up there. She's still proud of him. Next surgery, next, next page. Next surgery was July 15th, July 2015. And this was to remove the right leg above the knee because he did not have a tibia. Through the knee, the amputation. His third surgery was August 2015, the removal of the stitches. His left leg will be operated on about four months from now. See it turned in there, see it club-footed. But guess what? Next picture, please. Next picture. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. See him on that little prosthetic? See it? See it? He's here today. He's in the building today. Xavier, I want you to come up here and see Pastor, buddy. Come on. Come on, buddy. Come on. I want you to come see Pastor. <laughs> come on, son. People I admire. People I admire. People I admire. Come here, buddy. How you doing, huh? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Does he go this way? He goes this way? It goes down. Uh, he walks. This goes in the back. This goes in the back? Okay. Okay. What's this now? You ready? Yes. You ready? Let's go over here. Come on. You ready? Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, boy. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Woo. Hey. He don't have two words in his vocabulary. He don't say I can't. Because he never has heard that. All he knows, even though it's prosthetic on this side and will be on this side very soon, he's going to walk. He's going to sing. He's going to have a whole life because he's an excellent young man. And he's going to live a triumphant life because he's an overcomer at two years old. At two years old. He's an overcomer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Somebody ought to get excited right now. Somebody ought to get pumped up right now.
I love you, boy. I love you here, mama. Let's give his grandmother a great hand. Amen. I love you. I love you. Isn't that awesome? Stay standing. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, help her get down, guys. Oh, he don't want to get down. That's people I admire right there. Woo-hoo. When the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but just don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a fellow turns about when he might have won it, he stuck it out. Don't give up, through the, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. When the struggler has given up, when he might have captured the victor's cup, and he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint and the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It might be near when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seems worse that you must not quit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So everybody say, we're burying I can't this year. We're resurrecting I can. Everybody say, I can overcome the blues. I can overcome obstacles. I can overcome the destructive don'ts that have shaped my life. I can overcome fear. I can overcome temptation. I can overcome suffering. I can overcome myself. I can overcome anxiety and background and anger and divisive attitudes and loneliness and work avoidance syndrome and disappointment and unforgiveness and pornography and guilt and a sense of failure. I can overcome them in the name of the Lord. Clap your hands all over this house right now. Become somebody that everyone loves to say, I love that person. I want our prayer partners to come very quickly, very, very quickly, very quickly. I want you to walk down this aisle in just a moment. Prayer partners, if you'll come very quickly. I want some of you that might need an I can in your life. How can you look at little Xavier? How can you look at that kid and say, my lands, I don't have trouble. I've got triumph in my life. Why don't we learn to live triumphant this year? Why don't we learn to live excellence this year and see what God will do for us? If you're wanting a little I can kick in your life, I want you to walk this aisle right now and we're going to bless you in the name of the Lord. Then we're going to pray for those that are still in the audience. We're going to let you leave in just a moment. Why don't you come right now? Here they come. I just need a little I can in my life. Come on. Come on down right now. Come on. Come on down right now. Come on. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.